Welcome, everybody, once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and today I'm joined with a normal co-host, Keith Denny. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the movie Dune, which is the highly, highly, highly anticipated blockbuster um, based on a science fiction novel, uh, considered one of the great sagas of our time about a young boy who has some sort of uh, special powers, being able to see into the future, and also, one way or another, Jedi Master, you know, people into doing his bidding, using his voice. He is the heir to a kingdom that has become uh, put under the umbrella of um, another armada, who needs them to farm a very, very valuable resource for the galaxy, one that allows everybody to use plentiful amounts of energy. And while they're there, a bunch of stuff goes down and he needs to decide whether or not the visions that he's seeing, he needs to act on those things or, you know, can he accept his fate? This is, you know, that large storyline along with, you know, these politics about, who gets what and how people are treated and all kinds of stuff. It, it's meant to be this huge saga. And you have to remember when you're watching this movie, it's a part one of many potentially yeah. in the future. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you don't go in knowing that, that, you know, I'm sure what happens at the end is shocking. Uh, and from this point on, we'll be doing spoilers. So definitely, if you haven't seen the movie on HBO Max or in theaters, definitely go do that. And uh, with that said, spoilers about to commit so keith what did you think of the film <laughs> well first off i was um like even part of what you said about the movie that's probably like 15 percent of the plot because yeah. it's, it's a, there's a lot going on in this film yeah i, I was like and, how do i how do i do this in in 30 seconds it's kind of hard to right right there's a lot going on with this film and i i, I personally don't want to focus too much on the plot but more so what i feel about like the movie as a whole but one thing, too, I was thinking, I've read some of the book, right? And I feel like I read up into, like, pretty much the point of, like, from the beginning to the end of the movie. And I'm not that far in the book. So, meaning that I've only read maybe 25% of the book. And so that movie has to be, like, 25% of the book, <laughs> you know? So so that mm-hmm. that lets you know the scope of like how epic the actual story is itself, right? So and, uh, b- before you keep going, because this is something I'm sure the audience is curious about too, because I haven't started um any of the the novels. So I'm I'm you know complete completely fresh. This is my first experience with anything related to Doom. Do you feel like this movie faithfully uh, kind of captures or reenacts what you saw in the book for the most part i mean for the most part i didn't read enough of the book to because it didn't um it, i was actually funny funny enough i was reading it at a time where i wasn't really reading that much and i just like picked mm-hmm. it up at a bookstore one time because you know everybody everybody here about doing everybody knows about doing right and i just wanted to check it out and i remember reading i was like man this book is pretty slow and then once it did get to a point mm-hmm. where it picked up for some reason or another, I just kind of stopped reading it or whatever. But from, I think it, um, from, from the little bit that I read of the book, I think it captures it um, pretty well. More so the, um, the mood of Dune in a sense, like this okay. isn't like, you know, this isn't no Star Wars type stuff. This isn't like this, you know, fun adventure with like these, you know, fun and cool and yeah there's not gonna characters. be like a, there's not gonna be multiple characters telling jokes and right right you know, it's very it's, stoic it's very cold it's very like tense right and i think i and i don't remember the book being that way i remember it being a little cold in certain certain areas and and that you feel like something's gonna go down but you don't really know what's gonna go down mm-hmm. um but I think the movie really does build up on the attention a lot, right? And I kind of knew what was going to happen because I, you know, read some of the book. 
but um, I like how they build into it. And I also like how they're, they're, they're trying to cram in a lot of lore the best way possible without seeming like a bunch of talking heads. Did you feel like that was effective? I think it was for the most part, but but once again, this is coming from a person that is somewhat familiar with the books, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, because I watched it with my girlfriend, with Randall, and she was like, she didn't I, she didn't say nothing about the plot. She did eventually fall asleep, like, <laughs> but um, if anything, she was really into like the look of the movie. It's a very visually striking film, in my opinion, and also the music is great too. Yeah, I don't, from a production standpoint, I mean, I don't know that, you know, you had to be like a a really studied person in film to be like, look at this thing that's technically wrong with this film. Like, right. it, it's magnificently shot. Um, I know they did the areas with uh, where they were in the homeworld for the House of Art. Ar- Artreus, I believe it is. Trades. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like out there, um, they shot in Norway. Oh, um, okay. which is pretty interesting. And then so you see that contrasted with the desert world. Um, and you know, I think they just feel like very distinct places. Even also the um, homeworld of the, I don't know the exact name, like, what is it? The House of Lancaster or something like that? Like, the the uh, the folks who come in um, and, you know, um, do the attack um, mm-hmm. on the... Yeah, so, like, their world was, is really dark and ominous and, like, almost looks like something out of uh, Matrix uh, uh, Reloaded or something. Right, right. Um, it, it's definitely meant to be more, like, th- they are told to be, every time somebody mentions their name, like, like these people, like, they're not human, they're brutal, they're this, they're that, they can't be trusted, they don't keep their promises to people, you know. Also, I thought it was interesting. They snuck it in there real quick. Um, it, it, like again, this movie has so much lore, and they find ways to sneak it in. And maybe this is even how it's happening in the books. But when he mentions to the Duke, um, the original Duke, the father of Paul, Leto, yeah, he says to him, "You know, oh, it's a nice kitchen you got, cousin." It's like, oh, you know, some Killmonger shit. All right. I think they're all cousins, from my understanding. Like all of the, the all dudes, the houses. Yeah, all of the houses are related, and the emperor is the like pretty much that. So, from my understanding, the reason why, um, because you know, House of Trades was sent there to the planet to help mine the spice, right? That's by well, the well, because well, my understanding though was they were saying it almost like it was this agreement they were making among the houses but they were doing it because they didn't want war yes but that was a setup to get house right yeah yeah there. yeah right right so, but i'm just saying like the 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 thing is the pretense was okay we do this to avoid war and to keep peace among the houses right and you know you said but i you know it was kind of funny they brought like their main forces up there that was kind of strange but whatever i mean they they fell for the trap yeah they fell for it and 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 of course i was thinking it was it was mainly because they can't attack the emperor couldn't attack um house of trades straight on on their home planet that would have been an issue but see the only thing i didn't understand see some the movie's going so fast sometimes that like like I could keep up with like the basics, but like I actually didn't understand why it was okay to attack them at that moment because I was like, okay, are they saying it's cool because that machine was one way or another, like they gave them some bad machinery, didn't keep up, keep whatever you want to say. So they weren't able to fill up and, and get enough spice to hit the quota that they were no, supposed the to emperor, hit. No, the emperor was going to kill him anyway. 
That's what I thought. No, yeah. yeah. So, so the whole deal, and that's why I was, that's why I was mentioned. About it's just kind of like being, a signal that something's about, off anyway. About them being cousins is that mm-hmm. like, see, House of Trades was growing a lot in power. Okay. And 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 um, the one guy that you mentioned, Vladimir, he had he had he had mentioned at one point that the emperor was jealous. I I remember him saying that, so, but I, I was like, but he's the emperor. Why would the emperor be jealous? He's the because the because that, right? um Leto is a duke, but Leto has a lot of um followers and stuff. So essentially, he was noticing that people favored him. Uh, this is back. This is me you knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I'm listening. Yeah, that people people favored House Atreides even more than the emperor himself. So I think that's so, something that the movie does not convey it, it doesn't say it straight out but i kind of and that's once again i probably know this because i kind of have a general understanding of the backstory the lore but um vladimir um had mentioned at one point about the emperor it's just it's just stuff that you you would have to um I guess watch again and notice. So, so well, it's not like I didn't so, notice it, but like that was more that was a tell, not show moment that they use there. And I think mm-hmm. some it, they do a lot of showing rather than telling, and I, in a way, I think that's really good. And I think you had to pick which things to do that with. Um, you can't make the movie too long, you know. That's why they're going for a part two for the first book. I'm, I'm, I understand that there are constraints to certain stuff that they can do. It's just the context for certain things kind of gets lost. Like, in, in some things like that, I can, I think, make sense. Something I think they, another thing that could have made more clear that's like not like a big plot point thing, but I realized later when listening to people talk about the film. So the, way battle works in in this part of you know human warfare they have these shields that guard against projectiles but those shields don't really work on like weapons like up close like Like melee weapons yeah so the shields don't work on those really but they work on projectiles when i went back and when i heard somebody mention that detail then i was thinking back on everything i saw i was like oh okay well yeah yeah, that follows the rules of what I saw. I was not gonna pick up on that though. Like I actually was trying to understand how they work, but I didn't get it. I, at all, I really. picked up I picked up on it because they showed it so much, but I didn't pick up I now I pick up on something that I was questioning and wondering for a while. Okay. Is why there isn't more guns. Yeah, that's the reason. And, and that why makes I... sense because people use those shields so they have a little bit more protection over guns than they would um knives and swords and so exactly and so exactly so so it kind of, so so that makes sense and it's not like they have none it, it does provide some protection versus those things because you see it when um when paul is fighting uh the freeman no before that um when he's doing the training and oh, it's yeah, the same yeah, when he yeah. tells him, like, don't be having your back to you know, a door. And yeah, all that. when he was when he was trying to with Thanos, um, Gurney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Josh, I think bro. his name is yeah, it's Gurney in the film. Yeah, but so you know, there's a couple times like the shield kind of come up there for them. Um, now I don't know this because they were pulling back or what, but like the way, like I said, I heard people explain it. And when I went back and looked, thinking about, it, oh yeah, this is how it work was like projectiles would get stopped, but not weapons really. So anyway, it's just, you know, skipping the things that I feel like the film, like where I was a little lost on certain stuff. I thought the things that they did do, they did an amazing job with the time they had with a lot of different things. Though. So, for example, the uh, uh, Bene, uh, oh what what's the name of that, that group of women? Um, I forgot. The, so, the, witch, the space witches, the Beset, it's called Beset something. Uh, it's it's on what, whatever it is um you'd be better off just saying space witches they know all right so the space about. witches <laughs> i wanted to actually say it right i forgot it uh so anyway the space witches um they're yeah uh, what, what do we call it? interference in in situations 
was interesting. Um, I kind of I'm, I'm unclear like what they are, what they do, and I think that's fine for now. I don't think we're supposed to learn like everything about them, but it seems like they are able to influence, you know, different houses by bringing in this, the, spreading the gospel, let's say, about the one, so to speak. Uh, it's so, called, they're called the Ben Gesserit. Ben Gesserit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I forgot exactly what that name is that Paul will inherit, but him being like that Messiah figure. They've been spreading that uh, the word among different people, uh, it seems like, because the the free, freemen know about the prophecy, but then so do other people on the planet, too. So, you know, it kind of like begs a question like, all right, so they've been and they say we've been trying to, like, create this person, this messiah through, like, bloodlines, like uh, breeding certain families together and stuff like that. So this is not something that, that is considered like a happenstance thing. Like for Jessica, his mom to like, they made it seem like she chose a boy rather than a girl to have. I don't know exactly. Maybe like they talk about exactly what that myth is or, or whatever it is for the prophesized person. I don't know if it's supposed to be a boy or a girl, but she did something by having Paul that went against their wishes, that went against a plan of some kind. Because they mention it directly in the film, and that's why they're so terse with her every time they're together. But I thought it was really cool how her training using that power they have, she's better at it than Paul is. You know, Paul's still really unrefined. He's more powerful than her. You know, it seemed like he will be but he doesn't understand how to use the power and the way that they showed them getting out of that situation in the helicopter was really cool. Yeah. It's probably something that they praying that they train for, for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I also think that there is something about the, um, I guess also the women and their control over the power. Cause, cause I, cause mm-hmm. from my understanding, all, all of these, um, Ben Gesserit, they're all, female they're all women yeah so uh, far except for um paul at this point right who, 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 who inherits the abilities jessica did something that she wasn't supposed to do with paul and i don't think it it might just be him being a boy i don't know but right. there's a reason they piss at her about paul because remember they kind of don't even want him to be like powerful like they acknowledge that he is but they kind of they're like guys ah, it's, it's a boy you know mm-hmm. like remember when she finished testing him putting his hand in the book situation said if you move you'll die and then when they're talking after the fact she was lamenting the fact that he's a boy this is powerful why they had to be a boy i think it's i think it's also the the level of the power i think that from my how i understood it that the male would be more aggressive with that power and Mm. and more out of control with it like they might become he might become more powerful but it'll be like uh, un- uncontrollable type of power just like because because you remember when she when the one woman came the head one came to test paul she made him stick his hand in that thing that caused him pain and pretty much she wanted to see if he can control his anger and he can deal with the pain and if he wasn't able to do it he would have to be killed on the spot because he he wills too much power right um and, and maybe that has something to do with him being a male and and not and not just to have the power, but like I said, not being able to have a better handle on, on the power. Yeah, and I I'm wondering this movie hints at so many different uh, like things, but it just doesn't stick with any of them for very long. So it's kind of hard to tell what it wants you to focus on. Um, I don't I I personally see, see but I think me and you be different in that like I kind of like the mystery of certain things as long as I know that later on it's going to be explained like we, we got to look at the fact like I said this is essentially 25% of a book this isn't even 50% of 
I feel. Yeah, well, because I'm not, what I'm talking about isn't like questioning like what it's about as far as like I need to know every detail of the plot and what's what and you know all of that. I'm talking more like what what is the for the the forget like the whole saga and what it means for the book and all the perspectives and stuff it has there for the film what the film's doing thinking about the film and this depiction of things like what is it asking me to look at and focus on and i'm just not totally sure like there's a lot happening in the movie but i i'm not sure which thing is asking me to take away you know what i mean like in a lot of different stories like I feel like I can I can give you a sense of like what they're about. I mean, Game of Thrones is about like a ton of things. Well, one of the most obvious things is like power corrupts, and that's kind of here, but we don't really get to the corrupting part. Um, like there's a bunch of things where like they come up, but like either we don't focus on them too long or we don't like kind of finish that thought all the way. Um. I don't know. Like a lot of the things, like they they're interesting to me, but they don't feel whole um, yet. Like I feel like they're coming, but they're not completely there. Yeah, I think that's the the thing to consider that it, it's it's gonna come, but I still think that I guess because I also have a problem when I'm watching a movie that I know that's a part that's gonna be a part of something bigger, and it just doesn't. Feel feel like a whole movie in a sense um whereas i do feel like this is a whole movie like if i I would be highly upset if i never knew what happens after the fact you know after all this stuff that happens like Mm -hmm. if they never make another movie pretty much but i still think that it kind of has this you know beginning and end type of deal at least for that particular particular story arc at least to to the point that it leads um, Paul and Jessica to the Freeman. You know what it is? The movie feels like, and again, this is not the fault of the movie, really. I like, okay, like if we were thinking of something like, and I'm, I'm not, I think, I can't remember the name of this. So the first Avengers Endgame, whatever the heck that was called, um, I feel like that had- Infinity War. Is that what it was? I can't remember. Whatever. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, when that movie was done, I felt like we really did have like a, a beginning and an end. Like it, it started, ended, and like a lot of stuff got wrapped up. Um, and in in a way, I feel a way about this movie, but this movie feels like so much more just rising action. The only thing I don't know if anything totally gets closed out from like a story arc perspective uh it does for some characters but some like the real big stuff like i don't feel like really ended i don't even know that that's like such a huge problem the only reason i i keep getting tripped up on it is that in in many ways almost everything about the lore like i still have questions about like how it works like i don't, I don't feel finality with anything i think the, this movie is kind of hard to judge that way because like i said from a technical standpoint i i can't think of a of a thing to complain about with this film it's very well made the you know and in the pacing honestly given all the stuff it's doing i don't think it can be very different um there's just so much coverage over so much stuff and i think you know the moments where we do have action are actually really interesting and they tell stuff about the world there's only one huge action action sequence and it it pays off really well but even the moment for example where paul is on well there's an attempted assassination on his life and he uh was able to see that small tiny robotic thing whatever it was that was being steered that was really interesting even and said a lot about the world uh, i don't know like i just this movie is just so perplexing to me for how i normally think about movies because i'm used to some degree of finality a little more but i don't even feel like it makes sense to judge this film that way yeah i also think yeah i think sometimes you have to judge certain films differently 
I also think that in in certain ways it is um um I guess I would say a boring film, but I, I don't mean boring in a bad way, because in, in in a way I kind of like boring movies. Let me mm. not use boring. Um let's say it's a slow burn film. Like you you talk about it, you make it seem like the action and everything moving like pop, 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 pop. I don't think your average audience will feel that way about it, you know. I think for your average audience, based off what they're used to seeing in blockbusters and then a lot of the films in general of today, they're used to a little bit, you know, quicker action. I feel like this movie does have more exp- exposition to kind of get you into the world and into the lore in a way that certain other films don't, you know. Like no, I, I would agree with um, that. I would agree. It's it's almost um I guess it's almost like Shakespearean in a sense, right? Where, like, as far as how the characters are, and, and as far as I feel like the actual pacing of the story, right? Um, and it's and it's and it's also like very tragic, like you like you said. There's really nothing to say, like to take yeah, away from so, the film and be like, you know, it just really it's, you're saying it's just that. not to cut you off. I just realized what was throwing me off about the movie so bad. It's a couple of things, but the big one actually is Paul's, like his shifts in character. It's like they make sense, but I don't totally know how he gets there as a character. So he go, like he is very, um, there's just a lot of political machinations happening around him. He doesn't know, for example, that early on when the doctor's talking to him um, in, in a way, like the first time we see them talking together, when he's woken up to go speak to, you know, uh, the head space witch um, and the dude's checking him and he's like telling him, hey, be careful. And, and you know, nobody, he knows someone else hears him. But then it turns out this dude, the spy in the first place, taking down the shields and getting everybody set up. Um, so he's been lied to by pretty much everybody except his father to some degree. And he even says to his mom, like once they've escaped everywhere and they're sitting in the camp and he's having more visions of like this, um, what he called a holy war in his father's name. Um, he says basically like what, you know, basically like, I am just a set of plans to you. You know, like, that's how you look at me. Like, I'm just a set of plans, you know, like this. And it that kind of, you would think, would change the relationship between he and his mother um, and potentially have some other consequences. Now, he gets to the point where not soon after that, he is, it seems like, because he doesn't want to be a Messiah figure. You know, he's the reluctant, you know, Messiah and, you know, uh, archetype in this case but what ends up happening is it seems like when they meet the um, the freeman out in the desert and he has to prove himself he kind of leans into that moniker of the messiah because it's like a survival thing at that point right yeah. but i don't I even think that he's believing it he's just like taking advantage of that it seems like to be like okay yeah, because I was going to say, I don't know so much about him just necessarily being um, reluctant, more so than he just not believing it because he feels that it's bullshit because he knows it's something that his mother and his people have manufactured. Right. So, the th- well, so, yeah, like, it's not that the powers aren't real. It's just that the idea of a messiah or the one or anything like that like it's something that they have just conjured up and they've been telling stories about to get people psyched up when somebody that powerful comes along but it's not like that's like a natural thing that's kind of occurring and like you know god sent down this thing it's like not like they're creating this like it, it might even come true but it's because they're manufacturing it to take place genetically. And he sees himself as kind of like an experiment in that. And and that changes, you know, who he, what he thinks of himself existentially does, you know? Right. But it's just like, we don't get to see him kind of really 
like that's happening. He expresses it out loud, but we don't get to really see him like we see him coming to it seems like different kind of realizations. It's just we don't get to see what those are, and we want it to the next film, which I I'm like I said, I'm 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 just learning to be okay with, you know. Yeah, I also think if we look at based off how the plot was in this particular film, it it want even though like I said it is slow, but once we get to the point where House Atreides is attacked and it's just him and his mother trying to survive out there in the desert, that's when. I feel like he has to make a lot of different. De- he has to make quick snap decisions at these moments in time. You know. What did you think of that scene? By the way, the attack. Which scene? The the, attack? Uh, the whole yeah, like whole yeah, thing. when they getting raided, basically. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't you know like like what we're saying about like these like um, you know we all get used to these like big epic fight scenes and stuff like that <laughs> it wasn't nothing like that but i think i think it was i think it was what it was i i was kind of um thrown off at first and thinking like man you would think these people would have been better prepared or something you know um, yeah it, it's a little preposterous that a doctor could just like take out it's one thing, like, even if they could learn how to take down the shields, but then they got to get in the room, too. Well, you know, well, maybe, he, maybe he's in a higher position than than what I remember or what, what we think he is in the film. It, it's not even the, the the bringing the shield part down. It was just the fact that, like, there, there's certain things that hint that House of Trades is, like, kind of like this elite. They have, like, an elite fighting force. Mm-hmm. That that's probably on the same level as the emperor's um own you know own army and stuff and yeah I don't so, oh yeah okay keep keep going because I, I have a comment about this keep going and I just felt like um it it just, it just seemed like that attack just like really really took them down like super easily I mean that that's like a, a nitpicky thing for me is nothing like no I it, think it's a big deal I feel. Though, I feel no, I don't feel like it's a big deal if it's just something. No, just... Let, let, let me say why, though, because I, I would not have known this without you having this context about the book. I just don't. I couldn't understand why they were even being set up because I was like, they don't seem that strong. You know, what I mean, because only thing I'm again, all I got is the movie I'm watching. Right. Mm-hmm. Because. They, they try not to have beef, which, again, there's all kind of reasons not to want to do that. But it's just not really clear that they are strong enough to even hold up a fight like that. Because the thing, I don't understand the emperor part. Like, it, it, I know they're supposed to be, like, humans across, like, tons of planets. And I think the way it works is the emperor is supposed to be, like, over all the houses. But they don't necessarily say that out loud. But the only reason I was thinking that they were kind of weak was... They sent this house down because think about like even if a house was about your strength, sending them to go get the spice probably shouldn't make it where like you could knock them out really easily, you know. So to see them so quickly handled, it made me think that maybe they was kind of slow. But then I was like, well, wait, but then if they were slow, why would you go get the other mercenary group too to come help you out? You know, and once you knew they, you knew they meant business when they, when it got the other people too, because they was talking crazy languages and all kind of stuff. So I was right. like, all right, well they they try to make sure they win. Like this this supposed to be easy. They bring it three battalions, yeah. like we from the end there. And maybe that was the thing. Maybe that that like they were we didn't see a, enough of their um, I guess vigor and and battle outside of um. Duncan Idaho and um and and what's his name Gurney and, and yeah mm-hmm. seeing them fight and we like oh okay so they cold but we really don't see that much from anybody else of House of Atreides. Yeah, I just I don't um, need a lot. I just needed an, an understanding that they were strong too. I just didn't think they were based I, on what we had seen. I'm 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 thinking because there, there's certain stuff for like like let's say like Duncan Idaho character um that Jason Momoa plays mm-hmm. where he's just like treating people like they like um fucking like paper 
thin soldiers and stuff, right? It's even yeah, one part. The only thing he, is he he gets to do it in every movie, so you know, you know, I, I can't gauge based off him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm assuming that that was supposed to maybe maybe it's not so much that he's just this total badass, but like he's probably is you know the top you know top soldier as far as in House of Trades, but there may be other people that's trained on that same level. Um, because yeah, we also it. see that Paul is actually can handle it handle himself pretty well in a fight yeah. too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, so so I feel like just those little hints let us know okay House of Trades, but it's not like yeah, but but like it's not like the equivalent soldiers of like, being being that dude. Like you know, like there's a bunch of examples of stories we've seen where you might have like a ragtag group of mercenaries. And they got like four or five people you just don't want to mess with, but you know they ain't got numbers yet, right? It's like that kind of thing. And as they get numbers, they get more powerful, blah blah blah. So like to me, that wasn't the thing. I was certain it was like, oh okay, like it, maybe the aircrafts are superior, maybe this is superior. It just, it just doesn't. They never like we're superior at this particular thing, or like you know we just so cold and our emperor is praised and da da. Like that stuff again, like you said, you get if you read the books. I just didn't. They would throw a hint of some out, but it, that didn't mean it was just like this thing that was absolutely true. They could just be blowing smoke up his ass. I just wasn't certain, you know. Um, it felt like every word dripped with some sort of importance of detail because of the again the time constraints. But you know, I just apparently had the wrong understanding about this house. It it just uh, I will say I thought this thing was spectacular uh, and really cool mm-hmm. to look at um when they got taken out um in the the kind of really casual brutality of taking the duke um keeping him paralyzed stripping him of his clothes and just talking shit to him uh, yeah what was type of fuck shit was that yeah and this dude is asshole yeah <laughs> like disgusting just slug i, I just was like man i hope he killed his slug face bitch <laughs> yeah, and Neil's funny when uh how he got away. Oh yeah, that was it. And you know another the thing Spider-Man somebody brought movie. up, like it just this didn't bother me to not know. I just I hope they find the second movie a way to bring this up because I I just this wasn't clear to me. Maybe I just missed it and it was made clear. I didn't know he was using a levitation device. I thought he was using like some psychic powers or something. Yeah, I just, didn't. I didn't. I don't know nothing about none of that neither. I didn't. I didn't particularly care, but no. Nah, I mean, it was creepy. It was. It was interesting. Yeah, like because because there's a lot of stuff I think with movies, even movies like this, especially because okay, first off, I don't a lot of stuff that people call sci-fi. I don't really. I, I don't know why people call it sci-fi, but I, I don't know. This feels more like a a fantasy film to me. It's just but this movie. Yeah, it's just an outer. Space. Oh no, this is absolutely sci-fi because yeah, but the what, scale of well, the scale of what we're talking about, not just interplanetary travel, but like the size of things and the um, the literal. I mean, like that. There's some things that they're doing just with energy, like it's just things we can't even fathom today. Um. Like, we don't have anything that's even, like, I mean, like, it's just not, like, within fractions of that shit at all. So, I don't, I I guess, I guess it just doesn't, like, it doesn't. Like, from a design perspective of animals or robotics or. Just from the story and all of that, like, like, it's, like, just the same way with Star Wars. I think Star Wars is way more fantasy than it is sci-fi. Now, just because there's there are spaceships there and you know all of that I, so like, you need I think, to sci-fi I think, like other races of people are you thinking no i i think sci-fi like when i think of like true sci-fi i think science plays a big part in the story right and in a lot of these films that we consider to be to be sci-fi it doesn't, it focuses a lot more on a story that's more similar to fantasy and mythology. So you look for something that's more like Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek is more sci-fi. 
Um, if you if you looked at X Men from a standpoint without outside of the comic books, but maybe just the movies, and you just looking at the mute the X gene element and all that, it's it's pretty sci fi. But when you start bringing in stuff that cannot be explained by science, like some type of magic or force and stuff like that, and then that's when it falls under fantasy territory. Then also, I think even the the characters have more of a um, feel of 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 a character that you'll see in a fantasy story or like i said within mythology than um the a a traditional sci-fi story but see i don't know enough about how this power works with paul and and you know whatever if it's explained through science yeah because it is explained through science and even the um the way they discuss that voice power seems like it's a uh, almost like hypnotic psychological thing rather than like a mysticism. A thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, oh, it's maybe, like it's, maybe, it's, they're still trying to play with that idea. Maybe you know? that's the point. That's an interesting thing is that um, a lot of these things, maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe it is more sci fi, but it's making. The people of the world might think that is more right. mysticism. Yeah, they right. think it's magic, and they, and they right. think it's a prophet, and they think it's because I think that's the point. Like Paul actually sees all these things as actually pretty explainable, and other people see them as mystical, including his ability to do these things. Right. You know, but. So that's the thing. He is mentioned multiple times, like a holy war, and that holy war is around the, his house, right? So, and even says that they have a war around his father's skull. Um, this seems to suggest that he, in one way or another, is like this central figure, and 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 he buys into this messiah role, takes on that story for the sake of power but it's like maybe it ends up being a thing where he does the right thing uh and and it has a bad outcome you know he has the best intentions but you know it's paving the road to hell kind of thing right um i think there's just i like i said i never finished the story but i remember watching it i was thinking like I don't even know how to put in the words, but like, what is this idea of like, um, you know, the, those people essentially come there for the spice, right? Um, so, so there's this whole thing surrounding about the about the spice, and so now you get to talking about stuff like holy wars and the one and stuff like that. When the initial conflict has nothing, is more so something that deals with monetary gain than than something that's like spiritual in a sense, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that, like how how do certain stories of myths form, right? Well, like, and it like, seems like depending on who these women are, who are we'll call them again, space witches. I don't know what they're aim is like this is all going according to what they believe could be an ultimate outcome i don't i don't think at this point in in where we are in the story that we know what their aim is um it doesn't seem they don't seem to be people who believe in like accidental messiahs like they believe in constructing a messiah so whoever's like the ultimate um person in the back you know control the puppet strings they are they have a reason and ulterior motive for doing these things outside of just believing in some kind of you know messiah to to create and then uh worship you know there's something else going on there yeah but but also i think too what i was thinking about to build up a messiah you have to have followers right and but they but they have them or they will have them it's because somebody has to do this holy war they will have them through the freemen Right, but I don't know who's in those white versions of their suits. Cause like when they're fighting, when Paul has those those visions near the end, um, 
he's in a white suit, not a black one fighting. Actually, there's another. I think that's the I think that's the emperor's um, soldiers. Hmm, Okay, that's possible. Well, but then there's another thing I realized too. His visions aren't. they're like glimpses into like possibilities they're not like guaranteed things that happen like but it does seem like the outcome is guaranteed but maybe not the way it happens so what i mean by this is near the end Jamis, Jamis, whatever dude name is um yeah the one who is with the freeman and he challenges him to a duel um to the death right um prior to that moment paul does have a uh a vision with that same character in it and in that vision that character says like i'm gonna teach you the ways of the desert you know um basically like you know i'm gonna put you on my way i'm gonna make sure you're good i'm gonna teach you the ways right? right um going back further even um the character played by Jason Momoa, when he imagines him dying, so that didn't happen the way he had a vision of it happening. He envisioned him dying in the desert. He didn't die in the desert. He died defending him um, in the um, in the hideout for the freedmen. Um. And similar to the thing with, with the uh, character we're talking about, Jameis, who he battled to the death with and ended up killing him. While he did die, um, he did by dying, it seemed like transform him into like giving up just being like regular old Paul and changing to Messiah Paul. Mm. Like he did show him the way, but he showed him not through being like a, a kind teacher and tutor through the desert he taught him by giving him his first battle to the death first time he killed a man right you know and challenged him to become one of the freemen and and he earned his way by killing him yeah and then also yeah that's 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 a good point i didn't think about that also let them know like pretty much what to expect moving forward like it's it's no more that it's it's gonna be brutal out here and he's, yeah you can't be oh we, we fighting the oh man you give up now like yeah, nah, nah. Nah, nah straight up and and even uh I believe it was gurney was run up on before i thought that was such i haven't even seen someone give the lesson exactly like that way before but how he was telling them like you can't fight just when you're ready to fight. Like when it's on, no. it's on. Like right. that's it. On site. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, it's time to go. And that's exactly, you know, because we never see Gurney die in the film, which I'm assuming he's not dead. Um oh, he almost certainly yeah. dead. No, Gurney doesn't die. If you no. don't see people die, they ain't dead. Well, that's, that's a, a fantasy. That's a, that's, that's a fantasy <laughs> trope right there. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a every that's a huge movie trope in general. Like if you don't see them die, they ain't they? Like because and they even cut it in a way to where I was like, yeah, is either we gonna see him at the end of the movie or we gonna see him in these other movies? And like I said, I haven't read enough of the book to remember if he comes back. I'm if sure he still alive. survives that, I am going to laugh when I see him again. Yeah, he's because you never. You just see him run up on some people. It's him and a whole bunch of other soldiers. They run up on some people, and you see mm-hmm. that flame go up, and that's it. Yeah, I mean it's true. It's yeah, just so. those those are some dire circumstances. But again, you know, look, I guess if if Paul and and uh, his mama can make it through that uh, through that sandstorm, I guess I need to just let everything rock. Not like I wouldn't be mad if I saw him again. I like this character, so you know, so that one. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna show how you survive. But um, the man, anyway, gonna, uh, he gonna be like, uh, what's his name in Game of Thrones? What was the, uh, uh, John Snow's fat friend whose name I can never remember? Man, hid under some bodies when the White Walkers. Oh, um, Sam, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's his name. Sam, like he eat my twenty first century man got thrown into <laughs> medieval times in a different dimension with dragons and White Walkers and all this stuff. Anyway, um. 
I still can't believe Sam made it. That was some BS. But um, if y'all made it this far, clearly you enjoyed yourself. We appreciate you taking the journey with us through Dune. Interesting movie. I'll say, you know, if pandemic times have settled down, I will definitely be in theaters to see the second one because I I have a lot of questions. I really trust what the creative team did here. I, I really do think this is a huge accomplishment. I got some complaints, but it's more because I just want to see more of it. So um, lots of good here to see. Um, anything would you like to close with, Keith? Um, nah, man. I, I honestly really enjoyed the movie, but I can also understand if other people don't enjoy it. Um, I think that once we get the second film out and people can watch you know both movies back to back i think it will all you know come together and make more sense but i thought it was beautiful the music um i think um hans zimmer did this and he he he's phenomenal and everything um the director of this film hasn't made a bad movie in his career so i don't know i i enjoyed it for what it was and um i don't know it was it was fun i'm glad we got a chance to look at it yeah, I, I really, I know it's been greenlit. I'm really excited to see the next one. Um, I definitely will pay for this one at theaters because I, I feel like they're doing great work here. Um, I Man, I'm really curious to see how they wrap this up. And I, I honestly, I don't know how people will react to it because I know this man may have a lot of visions and the visions don't always come true. But like I said, if it keeps being the same, well, like those visions might happen differently, but the outcome always is the same. This man finna be leading a, a holy war where a ton of people are finna die. Right. And I wonder how audiences will feel about their protagonists, even with the right intentions, being the kind of arbiter of this level of carnage. Like, I wonder how this happens and kind of gets out of hand. Like, I'm really curious. But then again, given the figures that we have um, between the Emperor and, you know, um, the other family who, who have, you know, tried to murder his whole house because they were, you know, scared of him. Like, I really wonder how this is going to impact stuff. It seems like it's just going to get really insane really fast. Right. So, we'll see. Yeah, but, cool. uh yeah, man, we appreciate y'all making it this far. Um, and we'll holler at y'all next week. Okay, we out of here. Peace. See you.